Good morning and welcome to another episode of Hearts Knit Together in Christ Ministries. I'm your host, Marcia A. Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Today, I have a great message for you. And um, before we get into the topic of uh, prevailing, and I'm going to give you examples of how God's people prevailed. But today, I want to focus on King David. And so we're going to start in the book of 1 Samuel, and then we're going to skip over to the book of 1 Chronicles. And there is some scripture reading that I'm going to share. Um, But before I do, I would just like to start off by congratulating all of the graduates, those who graduated uh, with their bachelor's, their master's degree, their doctorate's degree, Um, because that's a lot of hard work. And even those students who graduated in the month of May with their um, going to the next level, so those that were in elementary, middle, and high school, because anytime you transition to another level is such a blessing because that means that you have overcome some things. You have conquered and go and, and um, undergone some challenges and came out successful. And so um, I want you to know that's what happens when the spirit of God comes upon you. You're able to finish and, and be promoted to that next level. So that's truly a big accomplishment. And so we're going to take the time to look at David, how David was able to accomplish in one sense but when he tried to do it in another sense he was unsuccessful and the reason why is because he did not seek the face of the Lord so today I want to start off in the first book of Samuel I want you to see what the Bible has to say about David first of all prevailing and and when we think about what it means to prevail it means to win it means to conquer something that you've never done before and so in first samuel chapter 17 verse 50 the bible says according to the english standard version it says so david prevailed over the philistines with a sling and with a stone and struck the philistine and killed him there was no sword in the hand of david so that everything that david had was the weapons that he would that he was given from the lord and he was very crafty with that weapon just like the enemy comes against god's children the enemy is crafty but david had a strategy david had a weapon and it was a sling and a stone and a stone is very powerful that when when you're hit with it, it can really knock you out. And so that would that is exactly what caused David to triumph against this this giant. Okay, it says so David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine sword and he drew it from his sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with his sword. So you have to understand that's power in itself because David wanted to make sure that this enemy was dead, okay? Because a lot of times when you don't cut off the head, it's a good indication that sometimes your enemy could just get back up again. But when you slay something at its root and you cut off, you cut it off at the root, you cut the head off, you know that it's, it's dead, that it's done, 
and that you are truly victorious. So David has taken the sword from the Philistine and that same sword that the Philistine has used to draw against David. David had took his, his weapon and used it against him. It says after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. So he cut off the enemy's head with his own sword. So the enemies that you have, when you really start praying and operating in the authority of God, they're going to fear you because you are a child of God. And so the same weapons that they're trying to use or have used to take you out, you will use those same weapons to defeat them. So it says when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and they ran. It will cause the enemy to flee from you. Because when the enemy understands that you're a child of God, he can't do anything but flee. And so those who have endured and, and overcome understands a lot about prevailing, especially the graduate student. And so another thing that I want to share with that is going to a different topic, but it has a lot to still do with prevailing. Uh, we're going to skip over to First Chronicles, and I want to talk a little bit about this chapter because in, in David's first attempt to move the ark, and so what I'm referring to here is the ark of the covenant, and, and the ark of the covenant has another name that some um, are greatly familiar with. Another name for, for, for the ark of the covenant is also the ark of testimony. Okay, and this Ark of the Covenant to God's people was very sacred because this is where the presence of God dwelt. This is where his glory was. And so if anyone touched this Ark of the Covenant, immediately death would come upon them. Only the priests were responsible to touch this Ark. And so what I want you to see in this story here is that David is attempting to prevail, to move the Ark of the Covenant, but something happens. Uh, there is opposition that takes place. There is confusion that comes on the scene in the midst of him trying to accomplish it. And many graduates know that while they are trying to finish to the finish line, there were opposition. There was some opposition that came. Even I was a recent graduate. And even while I was trying to accomplish one thing, the enemy was allowing a lot of things to happen. And I'm so glad that God really protected me in the midst of it all. He shielded me. And that's what God would do. And then he would show you in your first attempt, sometimes when things don't go the way you want them to, why you missed it in this area and then because God is so graceful and merciful now that Ark of the Covenant is also known too as the mercy seat and so God will be merciful giving his children his sons and daughters another chance to win the battle so I want to focus here in first chronicle chapter 13 of David's attempt to move the Ark and I want you to see why David was not successful in this. The first verse starts off by saying, David consulted with all his officials, including the generals and captains of his army. Then he addressed the entire assembly of Israel as follows. 
if you approve and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send messages to all the Israelites throughout the land, including the priests and Levites in their towns and pasture lands. Let us invite them to come and join us. It is time to bring back the ark of our God, for we neglected it during the reign of Saul. Now, King David has consulted with all of the officials in his kingdom. Now, clearly, before a king does anything, they're to consult with the one true God. Now, what the Bible does not say and emphasize here is that King David forgot to consult with the Lord. But as a king, David knows about being in command, being in a position of authority. And one thing that I do know about this is that the Bible points out that after it says in verse 3, they felt that David, the king, he says, it is time to bring back the ark of our God, for we neglected it during the reign of Saul. But notice what happens in, in the next verse. In verse 4, it says the whole assembly agreed to do this. But it never said that anybody prayed, anybody sought the Lord. Everybody was in agreement. It says for the people could see it was the right thing to do. Now, a lot of times we really feel like it's the right thing to do. But the question is we have to ask when making decisions, is it the right thing to do in the sight of our Lord, in the sight of our God, in the sight of our King? And so in the next verse, you would see it says, so David summoned all of Israel. Okay. And, and when he did this, he summoned people from the north and he summoned people from the, the south region to join in bringing the ark of God from one place to the to the next in verse 6 it says then David and all of Israel went to Bela I hope I'm pronouncing it right or Bela and it says of Judah okay it says they did this to bring who is enthroned between the cherubim and the one that was enthroned his it was the name of God because it says to bring who is enthroned between the cherubim and, and I'm sorry, I think I skipped over, but it says to bring back the ark of God, which bears the name of our Lord, who is enthroned between the cherubim. So God's name bear, bear that he is the one who is enthroned to be our most high God. So after they did this, in verse 7, it says they placed the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from a person's house that his name I'm going to try to pronounce but if I'm wrong please forgive me but I believe that his name is pronounced uh, Abanebas or Abba Abanebas I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right but um so they brought this covenant back to his house and so on their uh, on their way something happens that I want you to see because David did not fully follow the instructions of God. But this is what the Lord allowed so that the people would really fear him. But it says David and all Israel were celebrating. This is found in chapter 13 of verse 8. 
David and all of Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres and harps and tambourines, cymbals and trumpets. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled and Uzziah reached out his hand to study the ark. But it says, then the Lord's anger was aroused. It was aroused against Uzziah, and he struck him dead because he had he had led his hand. He laid his hand on the ark. Now that was a no-no because any person who touched that ark and they wasn't a priest, they would immediately die. So that's a sign to show us how holy God is. And that when the Lord commands us not to do something, we're not to do it because it will bring about death. And not just then, but even now. When, when, God, when God speaks something in his word, it's true. And, and the spirit of death is real. And a lot of times, death, God will display his anger in a way that it causes the heart of man to truly repent. Now notice, and the reason why I'm saying this, because David begins to speak after he sees this happening. And it sh- this, this whole thing that God does on the scene for all men to see, the leaders, the king, King David, for King David to see, he does it. But look what it does to the heart of David. It says, David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzziah. He named the place Perez Uzziah, which means to burst out against Uzziah. I'm sorry, I'm saying Uzziah. Yes, I believe that's the right pronunciation, Uzziah. And it's still called today. But in verse 12, it says, David was now afraid. What God did put fear on the inside of David's heart. And that's what we should have as leaders while we're trying to accomplish our goals, not in our own strength, but through the one who's given us the power to obtain the knowledge and the wisdom. Everything we do, we are to fear the Lord. And anytime we astray from fearing the Lord it's funny that the Lord has a way of speaking to our hearts and will cause sometimes an outburst or an outbreak to happen that gets us back into a position of humbling our hearts in a posture that we will fear him and reverence his holy name so this causes David to fear the Lord to stand in awe of God and he asks how can I ever bring the ark of God back into my care he had to really think about that and it says so David did not move the ark into the city of David because he he had to wait a moment he had a he had to go and to seek God's counsel but it says so David did not move the ark into the city of David instead he took it to the house of Abadad, Edom of Gath. Or, yes, he, he took it to someone else's house. It says the ark of God remained there 
in Ombed, Adam's house, for three months. So there was a time for waiting. Those that are trying to accomplish their dreams and have been successful and their graduation has come, you understood that there were some trying times. There were some waiting times. Now David realizes that he has failed in trying to attempt to move the ark. He has to come up with another strategy. The ark stood there at another person's house for three months. And while the ark was there, it says, And the Lord blessed the household of Ombed, Adam, and everything he owned. So his whole family was blessed because obviously they had to be living a, a holy life and they referenced God as holy that they kept that that ark in a sacred place that no one touched it because it was holy and so in in verse 15 I'm sorry and as we get into verse 14 we will see something happening here of what David is getting ready to do so David has thought it in his heart to begin to conquer the Philistines because that was a part of allowing this art to have a home to come to and we're going to find out it says in verses 14 let's go to chapter verse 8 chapter 14 of first chronicle verse 8 it says when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, so he marched out to meet them. And the Philistines arrived and made a raid in the valley, a Rapha. So David asked God, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Notice that the fear from him losing, losing or attempting to move the ark was not successful. But I love that in this text, this particular verse, you see where David has positioned himself because God put fear. So anytime God put fear in our hearts to reference him in awe and splendor, to reference him as holy, we bow before him and we seek his counsel. So David is not in inquiring anymore. He's not trying to come consult with his officials as we just previously read in 13 in verse 1 and he's not trying to get the people to agree with him but in this verse we see that David is going to God and to ask God he says in this verse of chapter 14 in verse 9 it says I'm sorry in verse 10 it says so David asked God should I go out to fight the Philistines will you hand them over to me then the Lord replied, yes, go ahead. I will hand them over to you. You see, it did not take God that long to respond and watch the results. When you're in a position to do what God has commanded and called you to do, the results will show. The fruit will show. And people don't have to wonder about you because if God's hand is on your life, it's going to bear witness to his glory to his name it's going the fruit that you produce is going to bear as a witness to the God that you serve and so in in the next verse it says so David and his troops went up to Baal Perizim 
and defeated the Philistines there. God did it, David explained. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So they named the place Baal Perizim, which means the Lord who burst through. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there, so David gave orders to burn them. David not only is looking for a place to bring forth the Ark of the Covenant, because it had to be put on the right in the right place, and he had to position it in such a way that no one would get hurt again. So David is thinking about that. And then he had to think about how he was going to win this war against the Philistines. And so after this, David gives the order to burn the Philistines' God. And he is successful in it. And verse 13 says, But after a while, the Philistines returned and raided the valley again. So anytime you're trying to accomplish something, notice that the enemy will continue to send attacks. And he will continue to attack you in the same areas that you may be weakened. But when the Lord of Lords and the Kings of Kings begin to strengthen you, where you thought you was weakened, you're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And even though the enemies came back, again in verse 13 of chapter 14 in first corinthians it says but in 14 so first corinthians 14 and 14 and it reads it says and once again david asked god what to do so notice again david has so much fear in his heart for the lord that he's not trying to figure it out he's not trying to make the decision apart from god because the one that you put your trust in, the Lord of Lords, he is the one who's going to order your steps. And when the Lord orders your steps, you can bet your last dime on it that those that steps are ordered by the Lord, God will position you according to his perfect will. And you will never be defeated, but you will always be victorious because you fear the Lord and you're seeking instructions from him so notice that david says he says and once again david asked god what to do and god specifically commanded he says do not attack them straight on have you ever wanted to attack your enemy straight on but the lord says no do not say a word hold your peace do not retaliate because i'm i'm, I'm planning something here and so god replied and he specifically spoke to David and he said, instead, circle around behind and tag them near the, the uh, poplar trees. And he says, when you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, he says, go out and attack. So God even had a strategy for David's enemy. But if David could not hold his peace and went out before getting the instructions of the Lord, he was never going to be successful in achieving what he had never done. Yes, he had won the battle of the Philistines and attacked many times. But this time was quite different than the other times. Because David had his heart set not only to win the battle, but to bring the Ark of the Covenant back in his rightful place. And so as David is seeking the Lord, God is giving him instruction. Once, and the trees had something to do with it. 
He says, when you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, go out and attack. And he says, that will be the signal that God is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistines' army. Don't you just love when God goes before you that that whatever you accomplish before you even finish it, the spirit of the living God had already went before you. God had already sent his angels because you know when he sent his angels because no matter how hard it gets, you're still going to finish the race that was set before you. And he says, so David did what God commanded and they struck down the Philistines army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So David's fame spread everywhere and the Lord caused all the nations to fear David. And the reason why the nations will fear you is because when you fear God Almighty, your name and who you are is going to be feared. So David has got on a whole different level of reputation. The armies of the Philistines and the nations feared this God because that day David had a mindset to conquer the Philistines. But in in closing, this is where the cherry is placed on the top in this story. David is still figuring out how to prepare to bring this ark back to his rightful place on holy ground in his kingdom. And so in verse 15, we see here, it says, David now built several buildings for himself in the city of David. Remember, we read before that the Ark of the Covenant, David did not even bring it into the city of David. It had to sit for three months in another person's home. And then after David defeated the Philistines, David had built several buildings to prepare a place for God's for God's Ark of the Covenant to dwell. It says in the city of David, he also prepared a place for the Ark of God. And that is very symbolic to how God is going. He has gone since his son to prepare a place that so where he is, we may be. God is preparing a home. And the home that God is preparing is not like the home that we see here on earth, but it's a it's a it's a home in heaven where we'll be going to be with the Lord forever. But getting back to this storyline here, David has prepared a place for the ark of God and set up a special tent for it. This is how much David loved the presence, being in the presence of God, that he would have gone to prepare a place for this ark to dwell. Not only did he want a place, but he set up a special tent for it. And it says, then he commanded no one except the Levites, except for the Levites, that they may carry the ark of God. This is a display because that's what the word said, that only the priest, only the priest could touch it. And they did not just touch it, but they had to carry it a certain way so that the people, those that were watching, who witnessed the man die, they realized that God was indeed holy. And it says that the Lord had chosen them to carry the ark of the Lord and to serve him forever. Verse 3 shows us of 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3. 
it shows us that. It says, Then David summoned all Israel to Jerusalem to bring the ark of the Lord to the place he had prepared for it. This is the number of the descendants of Aaron, the priests, and the Levites who were called together. And so there were a large amount of number of people. And after this, it says, we're going to skip down to verse, uh, we're going to go to verse 12 in chapter 15. And it says, he said to them, you are leaders of the Levite families. You must purify yourselves and all your fellow Levites so you can bring the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place I have prepared for it. He says in verse 13, because you Levites did not carry the ark the first time, the anger of the Lord our God burst out against us. So notice that David had a desire to go forth, but David didn't seek the Lord. But he also acknowledges too that the Levites were not in a standing position of authority. So that is why that as you're accomplishing your dreams and goals, that you must make sure that you are in the position that God has told you to go. Because God is not going to tell his people to go any and everywhere. The Levites had to be on their posts. They had to be in a position to do what the Lord said to do. And David acknowledged as a king and as a leader David said to the Levites, he says, because in, in chapter 15 of 1 Chronicles, verse 13, he says, because you Levites did not carry the ark the first time, the anger of the Lord our God burst out against us. And he, he acknowledged it. He acknowledged that they failed. He said, we failed to ask God how to move it properly. So that in their first attempt, when we just read chapter 13, their attempt to move of the, the Ark of the Covenant was unsuccessful because they didn't seek proper instructions from the Lord. And David, as a leader, this is very humbling. When, as a leader, you acknowledge that you've done something wrong. David knew that he could not get this Ark of the Covenant by himself, that he needed others who had been positioned and ordained by God to help out and everybody played a role in getting this art back. But David acknowledged why they felt. He says, we felt to ask God how to move it properly. So when you're dealing with God and the things of God, there's a way that you have to move. And I'm still learning that I can't just move the way I want to. You can't move if you're listening. You can't move the way that you want to in this life without getting the proper instructions you need from the Lord. He says, so the priests and the Levites purified themselves in order to bring the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to Jerusalem. Then the Levites carried the ark of God. They carried it on their shoulders. And it says, with its carrying poles, just as the Lord had instructed Moses. So when God says to do something, we must do it. Not the way we want to do it, but the way that he has spoken that we should do it. And so in the last one, we see that it says, so 
In verse 16, David also ordered the Levite leaders to appoint a choir of Levites who were singers and musicians to, to sing joyful songs to the accompaniment of harps, lyres, and cymbals. And so the Levites, they did all of these things. And when they did these things before the Lord, they were very successful because in verse 25 moving the ark to Jerusalem it says then David and the elders of Israel and the generals of the army went to the house of Obed Adam to bring Adam to bring the ark of the Lord's covenant up to Jerusalem with a great celebration so everyone is celebrating and he says that because God was clearly helping the Levite as they carried the ark of the Lord's covenant, they sacrificed seven bulls and, and seven rams. Seven represents the number of completion. In 27, it says David was dressed in a robe of fine linen. Graduates, those that are listening, you have been dressed in a specific robe to declare and to to uh, show to those, your family, your friends, that you have conquered, that you've overcame. And, and when you have excelled, you are dressed in a specific robe. But David, the Bible says in verse 27 of chapter 15 of 1 Chronicles, that David was dressed in a robe of fine linen. As for all the Levites who carried the ark and also the singers and even the choir leader. And it says David was also wearing a priestly garment. So all Israel brought up the ark of the Lord's covenant with shouts of joy, blowing of rams, horns and trumpets, the crashing of cymbals, loud playing in harps and lyres. But the ark of the Lord's covenant entered the city of David. And that's what we need to shout because David was successful. So if you never read this story, now you know by listening that David was successful in bringing the ark of the covenant back to his rifle's place, back to his hometown where it needed to be in the city of David in the city of Jerusalem and David was successful and he he did it because he feared the Lord he did it because he sought the Lord sometimes people are trying to figure out how did you do this or how did you do that but a lot of times what people accomplish is not because they're the smartest or the greatest but it's because sometimes people have learned to do one simple thing and that is to seek the face of the Lord thy God. Had David not sought the Lord and had God not allowed an outburst of fear to happen, the fear of God would have never been alive on David's heart because sometimes we need it to be we need to be reminded to fear the Lord with a holy reference. And so when we fear the Lord and we honor him and we begin to do just what he said in his word, then God will make you victorious. This ark was brought back, and David was able to burst in songs of praises to the Lord. 
he was able to be filled with joy because he knew that not only it was the right thing to do, but that it would bring joy to the people's heart, but mostly to God's heart because there's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. And so I thank God for every graduate who have achieved the impossible who have accomplished things that they never dreamed that they could do in their own strength but acknowledged the Lord and sought help from the Lord and as you did God kept elevating you in ways that you didn't even dream of being elevated and when you put God first God would take care of everything else and let God be true in your life because when you let God be true in your life, it will eliminate the liars. It will eliminate the distractions. It will eliminate the false teachers, the false prophecies. It will eliminate anything that will try to oppose you. And you stay on track and you do what the Lord said. And as you do, you will continue to live a prosperous life in the Lord. So I say to you, thank you for listening today to Hearts Knit Together in Christ Ministries. I pray that this segment has blessed you richly. And I pray that you will tune in tomorrow for another episode. And I want to close out in prayer. Father, we thank you, God, for allowing us to see how powerful the Ark of the Covenant was in that time in history. And that you were meant to be feared, God. I pray today, Lord, that the same fear that David had, that you would even give your people today. Lord, we are we, we are to fear your holy name and reference you as holy in our lives, Lord. God, there are times that just like David in our attempts to be successful, we have fallen short of your glory. We have missed the mark, God. We have disappointed you as well as ourselves. But God, it was because we did not seek you. So we humble our hearts today as your word says, God. If my people who are called by my name will humble their hearts and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them, forgive them of their sins and heal their land. Lord, we need you to heal our hearts. And God, we thank you for giving us the strength to do everything you commanded of us by your instructions. God, speak to your people today so that we're not moved by the lies of the enemy, but moved by the power of your spirit to do what you command. This is my prayer for you today. This is my prayer for myself today. And I pray that you will be blessed and go in the love of Christ. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.